Welcome to a new episode of The Sunday Sauce. I am here with the president of the New York Young Republican Club, a club that I'm a member of, Gavin Wax, or as we call him in the Italian caucus, Gavin Waxaccini. Waxaccini, wow. Waxaccini. That's, that's welcome, good. Welcome, Gavin. Thanks welcome. for having me, Mike. It's good to be here. I love the name. I love uh, I love the whole podcast aesthetic. It's good. Everyone loves a good Sunday sauce. You like that? Yeah. There's two There's you know. There's two types of ragouts. Everyone mixes I, I, this up. Yes. Well, enlighten me. What do you, what do you so hear? So there's a ragu napolitana, okay. and there's a ragu bolognese. You're quite the chef, aren't you? Uh, I, I, make a, I make a mean carbonara. I make right. some good pesto. But no, there's uh, the Sunday sauce in the U.S. It's really from – it's the Neapolitan version of – bolognese mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a lot more meat heavy and then the bolognese from bologna that most people think of it's more cream heavy uh it has the sofrito uh it's a little bit different so they're, they're two different styles because uh, uh most of the italian immigrants in the u.s come from the south of italy mm-hmm. so there you go you get the sunday sauce it's really a ragu alla napolitana so a lot of people would think that the last name wax this guy is not italian but you actually are italian um, you uh, let me know that you were yeah no people don't believe it so uh i'm i'm um, all my grandparents were born in Italy, but I had uh, one grandfather. He was Jewish, so I got that last name Wax. But uh, my middle name's Mario, and uh, everyone else is Italian. But then my first name Irish, so it throws everyone off. I'm not you Irish. You do look at all. a little Irish. Though. I look it though. I look it. It's weird. Yeah. It's funny. My I gra- think it's the beard. It's the beard. You know, I don't yeah. tan well. It is yeah. what it is. My yeah. grandma had red hair, so she was Italian, but she was one of the few Italians that had red hair. Mm. So uh, I think I got her complexion probably down the line. I wonder, like, I don't know. It's so crazy how we all came through Ellis Island and they're just like, wax. Yeah, you know? it probably was a longer name. Yeah. I don't know what they did. It's not. It's also my mom's name. It's not my dad's name. If I took my dad's name, my last name would be Vendini, Mario Vendini. That's so. actually that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, that's like a magician. I, yeah, I have two birth certificates because they weren't married, so I could use uh, I could use the Italian name or the Jewish name. So. so you would actually be eligible for Italian citizenship. I would. Yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass. To, can I curse on here? Of course, you oh, can right, curse good, on good, here, good, bro. Good. You can say whatever you want. I don't know what the rules were on There's the, no on the Sunday here. sauce. There's no fucking rules. It's a pain in the ass to get, yeah. but if you have one grandparent who was born in Italy, you can uh, you can secure Italian citizenship. You just have to go to the consulate and show your paperwork. It's rude, but they so, make it. They make it a pain. We're actually working on that. You are. We got people on the inside. Oh, oh yes, I, I read about has that. Has people on the inside. I read about that. That looked good. Yeah, yeah, at the at the consulate, but it's good. You get a you get an EU passport. You can travel freely. You can work there. So yeah. it's a it's a good deal if you can if you can work it well i mean italy's kind of like a third world country right now i mean you know <laughs> it's uh the non-tourism spots of course i think a lot of people they go to italy and they think you know grass is you know it's like it's like the vacation spots but you know italy is uh italy has a lot of problems i mean i have a lot of cousins there they're all trying to come to the u.s try to go to the uk um you know they got high unemployment people can't get jobs you know i got people you know family members of mine you know they have master's degrees phds right. they keep getting more degrees and they can't get jobs in italy it's really it's a tough economy and uh, a lot of Americans go there, you know, for their, you know, study abroad and whatever. But then it's not what they expect if you actually live there. I mean, you could buy houses for a dollar there. Exactly. But, but then there's no jobs. You have to invest in them. Too. Yeah, yeah, you have to put money into yeah, it. But then there's no jobs. You're not going to get like a standard corporate job you would get in the U.S. No, in Italy. No, no, so of it's, not. it's a you would have to be like a fucking dairy farmer. Something like that. Literally, like, I don't even know what you would be there. Exactly. No, it, in Sicily, you would definitely have to be a farmer because there's really – There's like nothing. Palermo. There's, yeah, exactly. There's no there's no real jobs like that. And a lot of the people, you know, you go to Italy and they're like people in their 30s, 40s. They still live at home because it's like you can't even buy a house there. You can't buy property. Um, it's kind of a mess. So – Yeah. So how does, how does Gavin – where does Gavin Wax get into this whole – walk me through – 
How old are you? Because twenty-eight. I'm, you're twenty-eight. I'm thirty-three. We're not that much, you know. Apart. Close, close. So, so did you grow up in New York your whole life? I grew up. I'm originally from Bayside in Queens. All right. So, so you, you know, I'm, I'm from the area. Brooklyn boy. Yeah, yeah. Queen yep, boy. Yep. Right. Pure so, Bay Ridge. So, were you Ave. always into the politics? Uh, yeah, kinda. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it hasn't been my full-time job at all times, but I've been getting more involved over the last few years. And uh, you know, the party in New York is kind of a joke, but you know, I mean, you know, it. it. Uh, I mean, it's it's a joke, but at the same time, it's sad how it's a joke. Yeah. No, it's, it, the city's in dire straits. Yeah, look, it didn't used to be like this, and uh, you, know, you used to have competitive elections. You used to have, you know, a two-party system. Uh, right now, it's one-party rule. So you see, when there's no competition between the parties, things, uh, you know, kind of get out of hand. You know, we have a massive number of people leaving the state. We got rising crime. It's an affordability crisis. Uh, so there's a lot of problems plaguing the city, the state. I mean, upstate whole other set of problems you know mm-hmm. we, we think about the city a lot but upstate isn't doing great either so no a lot of issues but not a lot of leadership yeah yeah I, speaking of upstate i have a, a summer house in sullivan county and there's a lot oh, of it's beautiful uh, up there but yeah but a lot of meth problems up there oh yeah the opioid crisis yeah, people yeah. forget about this you go to these, these small towns and uh you know there's no jobs there's no real future and Drugs, opioids everywhere. People are ODing mm-hmm. all the time, and it's it's a big problem, and no one talks about it. And you know, a lot of these prescriptions, uh, a lot of these these drugs were originally prescribed, and they were mm-hmm. over over prescribed. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole racket uh, that goes on, especially in the Midwest and a lot of these Rust Belt towns. Like upstate New York is basically the Midwest. It's like it's like Rust Belt. Yeah. So a lot of these towns, you know, they over prescribed it, and you know, no one holds some of the doctors to account. No one holds big pharma to account. I mean, that that's a crime if you over prescribe, you know, these medications. You know, you're you're akin to a drug dealer at that point. So, who was the president of the club before you? We've had a lot over the years. Uh, it's it's an old club, goes back over a hundred years. We're, had, we're celebrating our birthday. There you go, hundred eleven. Well, yeah. this episode will air Sunday, but it'll be after. It'll, it'll be, be after. Yes, close yes, enough. Yeah. I mean, look, we've had former mayors. We had uh, Mayor John Lindsay. He was mayor of New York in the '60s. Right. wasn't really a good mayor, but he was a uh, he was a president of the club in the '50s. Uh, we had uh, this guy uh, Dewey, who was governor of New York. I remember Dewey. He yes. ran against FDR. He was the chairman of the board. So a lot of like these old timey, you know, names have come through the ranks and. Uh, it's uh, it's, a, it's a storied institution. It's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go the predecessor orgs go back to the time of Lincoln, um, and they invited Abraham Lincoln to come speak at Cooper Union, which wow. got him nominated to the presidency, and then you know obviously that triggered the Civil War and all that. So it's been around a long, long time. Right. So we've had some pretty big names in our club. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see, like uh, in the last since Trump's was president, right? Uh, do you think do you see our club growing very fast? Uh, I think it's – I think – yeah, I do. I think a lot of people uh, have started to get involved, have started to, you know, come out, you know, be more politically active. Mm-hmm. I think just things have changed a lot over the last eight, ten years, mm-hmm. you know. So right. there's a lot of different types of people that are, you know, being Republican now that they were ten years ago. You know, you had more of a Bush, you know, Bush-Cheney country club kind of Republican right. that existed and now it's a little more – working class. It's a little more outer borough. It's a little different. It's a different vibe. And I think uh, in a place like New York, that's kind of helped, honestly. You know, we've lost some people that may have been members in the past that were more, you know, waspy, a little more, you know, uh, upper middle class, but now it's a, it's a different vibe. A lot of hedge fundy, hoity-toity bros. Yeah, that, that party's dead. I mean, people think like Wall Street is like big Republican money. It's not. Like you, you go to the big banks, you go to the hedge funds, the, the finance bros. I mean, all of the institutional uh, finance, it's it's pretty much Democrat. I mean, and, and that makes sense. But, I mean, you, but, but why? I think a lot of people follow who's in power. So I think a lot of 
a lot there's there's a huge segment of the population that's going to be transactional and they're going to they're going to support whatever party's in power. So if you work for big finance, if you mm-hmm. work for big pharma, if you work for any of these big corporations, you're going to support the party that's in power. And in a place like New York City, New York State, whatever it is, that's the Democrats. So people are going to follow institutional power. Institutional power is in one party, and that party is going to reap the benefits. That's just going to be a segment of some of these these groups. Mm-hmm. It's not ideological. It's transactional. But don't you think when these these millionaires and billionaires see their paycheck, like like right now, right. Biden's just totally fucking killing us, right, with with taxes and gas inflation. Well, they're killing the little guy. They're not killing the big guy. I mean, I guess they don't really see it, right? They don't really. Well, you have to. Rem- I mean, look, I I have a lot of friends that you know are Democrats, more on the left of things, and some things I agree with. I think you know some of these these hedge fund guys, these big finance people, you know, they they don't pay the the share that they claim to pay, or what a lot of people accuse them of paying. A lot right. of those taxes you're talking about, they get hit on middle class. Uh, individuals that get hit on small businesses, they mm. get hit on you know working class people. It's people that can't hire fancy accountants, fancy lawyers to find the loopholes because right. you have the statutory rate, and you could say the statutory rate is X percent, but no one's paying X percent because they're hiring a guy to get you down to Y percent, so you get to save all the money. But if you don't have the money to hire that guy, you're never going to get your rates lower. So that really messes up the people in the middle, the people on the lower end of the uh, the tax brackets. Well, that's why Joe Manchin said he's not going to vote on this Build Back Better bill because how can he go back to West Virginia and show go to show his people that he voted for a piece of shit bill like this? Oh, he would get a, he would get eviscerated. Right. I mean, he, he, you look at a place like West Virginia, it's funny. It's like that is one of the most Republican states in the country. It's right. like overwhelming and he's a Democrat. Right. So he he has to walk a very fine line. Correct. But he's a, he's kind of a relic. He's an old blue dog. He's a, he's like a real Democrat. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's, he's like a Democrat yeah, that yeah. like existed like 50 he, years ago. He, he kind of like has Clinton vibes. Sort he is. Of, right? No, no. Yeah, Bill, yeah, yeah. Bill Clinton was a Southern Democrat. He's a moderate. He was a moderate. Right, he, right. Bill Clinton built a different type of party. Bill Clinton was like the new Democrats, and they mm-hmm. were more moderate. Mm-hmm. You know, they were willing to work across the aisle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Clinton came from the South. He came from Arkansas. So he's kind of in that mold. He's he's 100% in that mold. And honestly, when Manchin first ran, Bill Clinton was like his biggest supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, but that party's dead. There's mm-hmm. been a massive regional right. change. And, you know, the, the parties have kind of, you know, changed their geography from South to North. Um, you know, even 60, 70 years ago, the Republican Party in New York was like, it killed. It was the it was the it was the main party to be in. It was the party of the Rockefellers. It was the party of you know Jacob Javits, uh, John Lindsay, Dewey. All these big names. They right, ran right. the country. So uh, things have changed a lot since then. Why is now the, these these Democrats I hear all over the news voter ID? Right? Yeah, Jim Crow, Jim Crow, Jim Crow. Yeah. Did Democrats forget that they're the ones who passed Jim Crow? Are they? Are they? Are they? Yeah, forgetting look, things? I, I think there's a lot of things that. People like to forget through history, right. and uh, they—if it's not convenient, doesn't doesn't you know? But work. H- how can they even compare voter well, ID it, to Jim Crow? It is kind of ins- <laughs> it is kind of insulting because to the victims of Jim Crow, to, to claim that someone who got lynched, someone who you know was totally stripped of their their basic human rights, right. is akin to showing just a basic form of ID. I mean, you show, you show a basic form of ID to do anything. Correct. And you know, you look at other countries, a lot of people like to compare, you know, the US to what happens in Europe or mm-hmm. Australia mm-hmm. Or, or all these places. All those countries have this. Like right. it's, it's a very standard thing. I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff you need to do in life to, to show a basic form of identification. And it's not like it's hard to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's-, it's we, we, yeah. give voter ID, we give a regular ID to illegal immigrants in New York City. Right, you do. So it's not hard to get you can get You can get an ID for anything. I yeah. mean, it doesn't have to be a driver's no, license. No, no, just a regular ID. Yeah, just anything. For free. For the, free. The government pays. Right. The, the New York state government pays. No one's ever shown any data that shows that there's this massive subset 
subset of the population that doesn't have a form of government issued right. ID. That that's you could find you it's, could have people that have been living off the grid, that are living in a shack in the woods and have no electricity, and they'll still have a government issued ID. The Unabomber. Yeah, they all have IDs. <laughs> you know, you get you, you you talk to people that are homeless. They'll, yeah. they'll have IDs. Yeah. So it's it this whole idea that that you that it's somehow racist or it's somehow an intrusion on voting rights is absolutely ridiculous. Well, you want to talk about uh, Jim Crow? How about Mayor De Blasio when he instilled the vaccine mandate? Right. Forty percent of African Americans didn't want to get the vaccine mandate, right. and they were shuttered from using any New York City businesses or facilities. So let's let's talk about Jim Crow. I mean, like, what do you what do you what look? Do you, it's so? a it's an inconvenient <laughs> it's an inconvenient fact. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah, you know, they uh, <laughs> they don't want to talk about it because you, you implement these mandates and, you know, you look at the data and the data doesn't lie. The data shows very clearly like, you know, there is a massive vaccine hesitancy in the black community. Mm-hmm. And then if you're instilling these po- these policies, who are you hurting? You're hurting black New Yorkers. You're right. hurting Hispanics. You're hurting outer borough, you know, working class people and of all races. And it's Pretty discriminatory, and you see a place like Washington D.C. Uh, they revoked their mandate; yes. they, they got rid of it, um, and it was one of the reasons why is because D.C. has a very high black population, right. and it was completely discriminatory. You can't go in, you can't eat at a counter, you can't right. eat, you can't get a beer, you can't get a burger. So you know th- this thing is going to have m- massive blowback. I don't think people understand like how Washington D.C. is. Like they think just like the Capitol buildings and the White House, oh, no. but like the outer. DC is like a shithole. Oh yeah, it's hood. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not a nice place. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, look, the, what's happening in America's yeah, cities are yeah, horrible. I mean, people just forget about yeah. huge swaths of the urban urban America and like Baltimore, DC, that whole area. They're, they're is, all they've is, all been devastated, and no one cares. Yeah, no one cares about them. I mean, it's funny actually. There was a Democrat mayor, the former Democrat mayor of Boston. She just got. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. She yeah. just got replaced. She came out and attacked De Blasio. She was she was a black woman. Yeah, yes, yes. She yes, came yes. out and attacked De Blasio yeah. over this policy, and they were. She was just like, "This is I'm not implementing this." Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. Yeah, so this is ridiculous because you're yeah. hurting black Americans. Right. There was there's division within yeah. you know the party. Then you see um. But and then the the, the uh, new mayor. Then she put in. She puts the, the new mayor <laughs> came in and put it in. So and then who's the, Asian? Right. They put it in and and there's a whole change there. And then you see uh, uh, Eric Adams came out and was defending uh, Cantor uh, saying he should play. Uh, And it's just like, all right, yeah, he should play. But what about, you know, everyone? Why don't you extend that policy across the board? Yes. Um, Yeah. He he, uh, today, actually, I saw Mayor Adams. He said it was the vaccine mandates were unfair for are unfair about Kyrie Irving. But oh, well. So I don't, I don't know really what he was going with that. Like he should be able to play home games on the Brooklyn Nets. I think he's trying to play both sides. Yeah. He's trying to get points for being like, yeah, he should play, be able to play home games. But he's also trying to, you know, uh, say I'm still going to support these policies. Mayor Adams also said that the uh, white journalists are hard on him. I don't, I don't know where that came from. But I don't know either. He I, won. He, he won with a white coalition. Right. He won with a white right. vote. All white liberals voted for yeah, him. No, so I'm he, very confused where he's getting his I think we're going to see like a big thing playing out over the next few years where any kind of criticism of him, he's going to claim it's racist. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it ends up. I don't think he's going to be able to hold these policies for too much longer. He has national aspirations. He's talked about running for president. Right, right. He's not going to be able to run for president if he's going to – be seen as carrying de Blasio's baggage. That's literally what he's so doing. So he needs to different- he's, just, he's just literally continuing de Blasio's right. policy. But he needs to be his own man. He needs to come out and be like, I'm changing X, Y, and Z. And maybe he will. We'll see. Um, I think things are changing and things are going to change over the next few months. So if he does, maybe he'll be in a better position. But right now, nothing seems to really be changing. Well, the first, I mean, he was going in the right direction even before he got sworn in. BLM, 
you're not doing what you did in summer 2020. Oh, yeah. We're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. That I was like, wow, holy shit. Well, he <laughs> won. He won because he he first off he won the Democrat primary because he ran pro law and order. Right. Because there is a massive crime issue, whether people don't want to realize it or not. Every other every week uh, we're hearing oh, about something. Oh no, it's it's that's that's nothing. That's right. nothing. Jen Psaki says that's that's right. nothing. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. can go to brunch in the it's West Village, it's transitory. It's right, transitory. Right, right. <laughs> I had brunch in the West Village. There's no crime. Um, yeah, but yeah, seriously, if good. you look if you look at the crime rates, yeah. it's it's crazy. If you look at just 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 look at news headlines, you see someone getting pushed on the tracks, someone getting stabbed the, to death in Chinatown. The poor woman. Exactly, and this has happened Bail every reform. other week. Bail reform. So if yeah. he doesn't deliver on crime, if he doesn't actually lower crime rates to a measurable degree he's he's toast he'll get challenged by the left mm-hmm. in the democrat primary and he'll be he'll face a tougher opponent in the general so he's kind of an uphill battle he needs to show but, but most of the left are anti-law and order well i kind of feel bad for him in this sense he came out with a proposal to the new york state senate and he said i need you guys and this is eric adams a democrat telling the democrat controlled state senate we need to and the assembly uh we need to change uh, bail reform, and they yeah. basically told him no. no. No, of course. And it's kind of tough because you know he could do everything right. He right. could tell the cops, you know, make the arrest, go through all the it's, motions. But if the same guy is out on comes uh, down the DA, really? Yeah, yes. it comes down the DA. And yeah. if he if these guys come out with desk appearance tickets, they'll be out on the street in twenty four hours. How many people have to die? Yeah, that guy who stabbed that poor Asian woman. Oh, she had a, he had a rap sheet going back years, years, years. <laughs> He should he shouldn't be out on the street, and people act so. like people act like oh we need to, we need to be you know we, we need to treat them better. We need to show you know some kind of sympathy. It's like look, show sympathy for the victims. Correct. I think everyone forgets the victims of crime get no get nothing, and everyone talks no, about because they're dead and they're right, right, you exactly. just forget about them. That's all. Yeah, and yeah. then everyone yeah. you, you have a party, and the, the Dems have always been talking about strip police officers of qualified immunity. Yeah. So if you want to do that. I have a counter proposal. Why don't you strip judges and district attorneys of qualified immunity? So if you're a judge and you let off a criminal and then he goes back on the street and commits another murder. Uh, crime, murder, yeah, yeah. you can be held civilly uh, liable in civil court. I fucking love that. If you're a district attorney and you have a guy in front of you, you know, with, you know, weapons charges, you know, assault charges, and then you let him out and then he goes and kills his girlfriend, that district attorney who let him off. Should now be disbarred. Di- disbarred, yes, but yeah. also the victims can now sue. Yeah, and I think honestly that's a good system because that's gonna that's the only thing that's gonna hold these DAs and judges to account because some of the judges are appointed, so they don't care. Right. They have no. They'll always have their pension. They'll collect their income, and then you have some of these district attorneys. No one, no one pays attention to district attorney races. You have to be a total political nerd, so they'll get elected every time. You make sure that they could have civil liability. Forget it. They'll mm-hmm. they'll be they'll be acting very very different. Well, I'll tell you. So I you know I did F, I was FDNY EMT for five years or so uh, in Manhattan actually in this area um, where we we picked up a we'll pick up a, a crazy person right we'll yeah. bring them we call them EDPs mostly the third person we pick them up we take them to Bellevue or Beth Israel yeah. those are the two because I worked in Lower Manhattan so yeah, those yeah. were the two psychiatric wards we bring them they're out in two hours yeah. That's it. Right back on the street. We have a mental health crisis, and uh, there was this move in like the '60s and '70s to close down all the mental institutions. Because obviously, you know, we all know about you know the history of the mental institution, one who flew the cuckoo's nest. Yes. You know, you even see things like an American Horror Story mm-hmm. asylum. So, mm-hmm. like everyone knows, like the, the the stereotype of like the 1950s institution. They were horribly run, but. The, the solution to that wasn't to throw everything out. The solution was to reform those institutions to make them better because right. there is a segment of people that suffer from mental health problems 
and they need the treatment. They need treatment that they're not going to get on the street. They're not going to get treatment for their mental health issues living in a park or living under a bridge. In fact, it's going to exacerbate the problem. And if they're suffering for schizophrenia, they're a danger to themselves and others. And they shouldn't just be let to allow to walk on the streets. They should be treated in a public health facility. Um, but, but instead, we just push them into the homeless population. And it's completely inhumane. It's completely uh, detrimental to their health and the health of other people. So, you know, it had a maybe, you know, maybe the cause of shutting down the mental institutions had a good, you know, it had a, it, had, it sounded good, but the solution wasn't, wasn't right. And we actually have had a lot more issues since. Yeah, uh, we have a serious mental health problem. Mental, And then it's exacerbated by, you know, Tons of drugs on the streets. I mean, right. you know, you, you take a person with an underlying mental health condition, you add drugs. They have shoot-up centers here. Yeah. Oh, it's that crazy. was the Blasio's parting gift. <laughs> right. Shoot-up centers, which is – it's it the whole the whole thing it's is so cynical. Me. No, it's so cynical. So and it's like, you know, the, like what's – what? how are you going to deal with someone suffering from overdoses? Oh, just – let them continue to use the drug just yeah. a little safer. Supervise. No Supervise yeah. the, the injection. So they're, and you know, we have Narcan every time they overdose. That's not going to solve the problem. That's incentivizing. Uh, of course. You're incentivizing bad behavior, incentivizing people to slowly kill themselves. It's not, it's not humane. It's not humane at all. Yeah. I mean, so now we're seeing, we're seeing all these uh, lockdowns come, the mandates. Yeah. They're all sudden. Ending. Ending. Yeah. Why? You know why. I know you know why. Look, tell me. I won't, you know. Look, a, a week ago, a week ago, all of a sudden you saw New Jersey, you just saw LA County, you just saw a bunch of uh, Democrat-controlled states and municipalities all of a sudden sy systemically dropping mask mandates, dropping uh, you know, uh, any kind of lockdown order, even vaccine mandates in the case of DC. The Democrats saw some internal polling that showed that these mandates are just not popular and they're going to kill them in the midterms. So what did they do? They made a political decision and they decided to, to take them back, which, you know, I'm fine with that. But at the end of the day, you have to look at their motive. Was their motive public health? No, their motive was politics. And it also shows that initially the mandates were not about public health either. They were about politics. So that's that's what they're going to do. They're going to make political decisions. They're going to wipe their hands clean and pretend it never happened. So, you know, we'll see what happens come November. But they're looking at a historic uh, red wave. I mean, the the Republicans are set to pick up maybe seventy seats in the House. Retake. Well, there's the a bunch of re retiring Democrats. A as ton. Because well, they ton. they know that they just have no shot. They have they have no shot. Yeah. So they're retiring. They don't want to yeah. go out with as as a loss. Yeah. Um. So this is going to be historic. I mean, this is going to you know this is going to be one of the largest wave years in terms of seat changes, both in the Senate and in the House and at the local level. So I think they're worried. Um. And they're trying now to scale back a lot of the stuff they've done over the last year and trying to ease up on things. Um. Which also is happening in other countries. You look at the UK, they've dropped everything. Ireland, everything. All the Scandinavian countries, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, they either never had any mandates or they dropped whatever's right. left. I just saw Austria is dropping them. So a lot of these countries are, are slowly opening up. I'm, I'm laughing at the UK one because the prime minister was oh, caught yeah. in the party. Right. And he's like, all right, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that it's, was it's, it. Yeah. They, yeah, fuck, yeah, fucking Which Boris is cool Johnson. though because he got caught. And he, he got said, caught. And he said, you know what? You're right. I, I, I fucked up. I can respect that That's kind respect. of. I can because respect that. Mayor Garcetti of L.A. Right. held his breath for a picture at right. the at this uh, Pro Bowl or wherever right. he was. Right, right. The, the game, the championship game. Super Bowl. And then he must have held. No, no, that was two weeks ago oh, at the championship oh, okay, game. Okay, okay, got it. Got he got held it. his breath for a picture, and then at the Super Bowl, he must have held his breath for the whole fucking time because right. he didn't wear a mask at all. Right, right. So right. he just had it dangling on his wrist. But Boris Johnson, respect to him. Yeah, look, like, I, like you guys caught me. He got kicked on like several parties yeah. that he wasn't mad. 
cost or anything. So, they, so you said, you know what? Fuck it. We'll drop it. Yeah. So whatever. It, was that great? No, I kind of respect it. But then you get these guys, you know, they double down right. or they make up excuses. And you see all these politicians who keep posing with children uh, and we, the children are masked, masked and they're not. They're masked up to their eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the politicians are standing there, you know, without masks. So it's, it's so sick, especially when you talk about children who have the lowest risk of COVID. They have the lowest risk of any kind of serious illness. And you're you know, you're putting them in a situation where you're stunting their development. Yes. Uh, you're stunting their ability to learn how to socialize. Uh, you, you know, you're growing up. I mean, child development. I mean, you, imagine growing up and, and not being able to see faces, not being able to learn body language or recognize facial, you know, uh, you know, facial cues. I mean, that's part of growing up, part of socializing. And you take that out of the equation. Right. Uh, you're, you're turning kids into you're making them antisocial. I mean, you're, you're, and you're, you see it in some of the data that's been coming out that reading and writing scores, math scores have all collapsed during COVID. Um, and a lot of that has to do with isolation. Uh, you know, they've just really put a lot of psychological stress on children. And it's really sick for no provable health benefit, like because children have the lowest risk, if, if, any quantitative measure, any indicator, they're the lowest risk of COVID. And they're putting some of the harshest measures on them. And it's 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 really messed up. Also, I think about um, all the women that are living with like abusers and children oh, yeah. that are living with abusers that were locked up for a year or oh, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Like how sick, right? Well, the kids, you know, some of these kids, they, they depended on the school lunches. Right. They depended on going to school to get out of abusive homes. Right. Um, and now they're they're locked into those homes in a in an even worse situation. Ugh. So it, it's, it's it makes me ill. Like really, it makes me Ill. in in twenty years from now, twenty thirty years, people are going to be writing massive books and essays on all of the consequences of some of our COVID policy. Because what happened with COVID is that we forgot that any other disease exists. We right. forgot that people suffer from other things beyond COVID. Um, and we put our entire focus on COVID and we ignored the multitude of other health, psychological issues that are prevalent. And it's ex- exacerbated mental health issues. Suicides are up. Drug overdoses are up. Depression is up. Obesity is up. I mean, every measure of things going bad have skyrocketed since COVID. So it's just, it's kind of ironic to hear people talk about public health, but they only mean it in one very narrow sense. They're not talking about everything else that's gone wrong. You know what else is the most sickening thing about COVID? Obesity was like the number one killer right. if you had COVID. And but the they shut gym. the gyms. Isn't that like... I, I, there is no... And they just told you, uh, just go outside. There is... But then even then, they <laughs> I, some people, they didn't even want some, you to do Some that. states, you couldn't even go outside. No. It's, it's, yeah, in yeah. Europe, you, yeah. in Europe yeah. uh, you were only allowed to... And even parts of Australia during some of these lockdowns, you could leave your house to go to grocery shopping, but then you can't deviate from that path. In California, they arrested a guy paddleboarding in the ocean by himself. Oh, yeah. In early 2020. <laughs> this was, it, these things were not about health. These were about insane. They were about a few things. Control yeah. and looking like you're doing something. Because yeah. at the end of the day, these politicians realized you have, a, you have a very viral, infectious disease that's airborne. There's very little that you're going to be able to do to stop it once it hits community spread. Hmm. So everything they do after that is just theater. Right. It's just making it look like they're doing something. You know, going into a restaurant, wearing your mask standing, and then sitting down, you take it off. So stupid. There's no science behind that. Or you see those plastic dividers. Yeah, the, the plexiglass. They act like airflow right. is linear. You know, when if you cough or sneeze, you know, the particles are just spreading everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're not just going this way. They're not going to just hit a plastic barrier and stop. No, they're going to go above. They're going to go below. So all this was theater. 
And you talk about things like closing the gyms. I mean, th- some of these policies were just kind of a nuisance, but some of them were actively destructive, like shutting down the gyms, actively destructive. Right, listen, I just understand you want to shut down like the steam room and the sauna <laughs> right, in the right, gym. Right, that's, right, right. That's the showers. Right. All right, maybe because right. like people walk barefoot in there. Right, right. That's that's fine, but like the like the weights and the and the right. stair and the cardio machines. Right. Like, if these places are taking on. basic safety precautions <laughs> yeah. and are doing basic cleaning, you're fine. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it, it's they've built up a sort of mass. uh, neuroticism and and paranoia and people are just forgetting like basic logic like and you know the masks for example they don't work the very beginning (laughs) I mean it was very clear that these masks that the majority of people use they're only ones the the cloth cloth ones right they're only applicable in very certain in very specific medical settings right and mostly just to prevent blood splattering on your face it's not to prevent an airborne I'll give you I'll give you an example so when in the ambulance when we like if some a person's giving birth, right. we'll put a cloth mask on. Right. There's no like airborne. There's right. blood. There's blood. There's bodily fluids. fluids. Yes. If someone has tuberculosis or Ebola, right. Then we're putting an N95, which is fitted. Uh, fitted. Correct. Fitted. We do a fit test. Right. And they have to be we fitted what every few months? Every year we do a fit every test. We do a fit test. It's right. fitted that we know it's our fit. Right. And then we put a gown. Right. And a face shield. <laughs> because right. people forget yeah. eyes, yes. orifices. Yes. You could get yes. if I if you're wearing a mask and I cough in your face, right. it's going into your eye. Correct. So you're gonna get sick. You're so gonna, you're gonna get COVID regardless. You're gonna get COVID regardless yes. of what mask you're wearing. So you look at the data again, I keep saying the data. You yeah. look at you look at the maps and uh, you excuse me, you look at the charts and it's like you take these states and localities that had mask mandates. Mm-hmm. There is no correlation mm-hmm. between mask mandates and infection. Well, they already said the lockdowns only maybe saved 0.2 percent of negligible. Ne- right, negligible. Negligible. It was it was ridiculous. It, it was, was ridiculous. ridiculous, and then and you're not factoring in the other costs. But right. the mask mandates had no discernible impact on spread no. at all. And we're still wearing masks in New York City when Governor Hochul or whatever her fucking name is, the unelected governor, right, right, said no more masks. Right. I went. I literally. I was just telling you. Uh, I talked to Jackie Tober off the other day. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, I went to this place, Bread's Bakery, uh-huh. on the Upper East Side. Yep. You know, it's probably it's on East Seventy Third. Yeah, yeah, it's close to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's probably by you. Uh, I walk in there. I'm just looking around, and uh, the the guy's like, uh, uh, "Excuse me, sir, do you mind putting a mask on?" I said, "Do you mind knowing the mandate's gone?" Right. Right. And then he was like, "Whatever." I was like, "Okay." So I bought a bunch of stuff, and then. You know, I had a couple bags. He goes, do you want a shopping bag? And I was like, do you mind if I have a shopping bag? Right. He took all my bread and he fucking smashed it because he was mad that I didn't have a mask on. Wow. I got home. My black and white cookie was smashed. <laughs> the frosting was all over the I place. I love a black and white. Dude, Very New York. Dude, my sourdough bread that I bought my friend yeah. was like smashed. He was so mad he smashed my bread just because I didn't wear a mask. A lot of this. This is a true story. A lot of this comes down to people want to feel like they're in charge and control of other people. So you put the mask in and it gives a lot of people a sense of power that they can tell someone else, do what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. It's not about health. It's not about anything. It's 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 conformity. It's groupthink. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's bullying in a sense. It's 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 the same kind of like kind of peer pressure that you see in like a high school or a middle school. Right. It it it's it gives people a sense of power over you, and they don't want to let go of that. They don't want to let go of it. But what's the off ramp to this? Like, how, are we going to be wearing masks indefinitely? No, 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 no. I mean, it's like, at what point is it okay to stop wearing masks? I don't know. In high school, I was the anti bullier. Like, if I saw, saw right. someone bullying someone, I would beat the shit out of right, them. Right, literally, right? Like. 
So, like, if you're going to bully me into wearing a mask, that's just going to make me very angry. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's like, like, you know what I mean? It's the, like, the, come on, dude. But the, it's, it's, it just seems like it's never ending and they're just going to keep keeping this up. And it's like, it's become like a lifestyle for some people. Like, dude, they've become sick. so connected to, to masks, to testing, to all these things. And it's like, what's what's your offering? What Are you did gonna... we do before COVID? Like, right. like, people packed in on a subway right. when there was flu season right. and... Like what did we do? Well, you, you what should we do during the AIDS pandemic? You mentioned you mentioned flu and you mentioned even the common cold. Right, COVID is a coronavirus. We've been dealing with coronavirus viruses forever. I mean, this is part of human nature. The common cold is a coronavirus. Right, and these are types of things that happen. They're seasonal. Uh, it's they, a mutation. It's of a the mutation cold. every year. Exactly, yes, it's a yes, mutation of the common of cold. And does that mean that it's not going to kill people? Of course, it's going to oh. kill people. The flu kills people. The flu kills pe- hundreds of thousands of people every year just in this country alone. So you, you look at these diseases and it's like they've always existed. We've always managed them. We have a seasonal flu shot. You're welcome to take it. Um, we should be treating COVID like the flu, like we did in 2019, because on paper, the infection rate, the mortality rate, all the symptoms are very akin mm-hmm. to a flu. Obviously, there's a few unique uh, unique symptoms to COVID, like you know the loss of taste and right. smell, things like that. But as far as it's how it's treated and how it is dealt with from a public health perspective, it's really akin to a, to the common flu. Uh, sorry, to the flu right. and the common cold in many senses. So mm-hmm. treated like that. If you're going to have a yearly shot, like you do the common, the, you do the flu. Okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. I know people that took took the flu shot every year. I know people who didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people who took it and then get the flu because, you know, and then the thing about the flu shot is that sometimes it's not even for the right strain because they're always like catching right. up. Of it's for the previous year. So, it, and it gives you some protection from, from the year's flu, but it's, it's not universal. So you go back to treating it like that. We can go back to normal and we can focus on, you know, all the other diseases we're facing. Like we just mentioned, like the rise in obesity, the rise uh-huh. in depression, uh-huh. you know, the rise in uh, uh, drug overdoses, you know, uh, mental health crisis, cancer, whatever it is like so much effort is being put into this and you you want to know why i mean the answer is simple you have these pharmaceutical companies big pharma uh, are making a killing mm-hmm. moderna moderna was a bankrupt company it had it was not making any I never money even heard of them it was not making any money before covid covid gave moderna you know a, a lifeline and mm-hmm. they are now making a killing pfizer is now a covid company right like all of their money is derived from covid mm-hmm. so there is a financial incentive to ensure that uh, that this continues to remain a crisis, quote unquote, and to continue to push, you know, different booster shots, annual well, shots, six month shots, because they just make money. They off have of the it. government by the balls, right? And it's, it's like, like you it's can't. Like we have the we have the vaccine right. that's FDA approved, Pfizer, right? Right. So. If we, if we stop making it, what are you going to do? Right. It, it, <laughs> they, they have a financial incentive. They have some of the biggest budgets allocated for lobbying, mm-hmm. ad, allocated for advertisements, advocated for media, that they use those financial resources to keep this system going. Because the longer this goes on for, the, the better their balance sheets, the better their stock price. And I think people need to realize, like, you know, that this is happening, that there are financial incentives uh, that are going on that mean that there are certain people in society, namely big pharma, that want to continue the COVID crisis as long as possible because the longer it goes on for, the more money they make. And and it, it sucks to say, but that's the reality. Well, I actually have news for you. There are actually – I talked to uh, this guy on my – a couple weeks uh, – two weeks ago on my episode, Peter Pitts. He used to work for uh, the FDA. He was uh-huh. an executive. Um, Republican yeah. uh, Jewish guy. Yeah, yeah. He was telling me that they're actually developing a flu 
and COVID shot together hmm. very soon, probably by next December. Right. So he's like, people are just going to go get their flu and COVID shot. Boom. Right. And they're, they're, they're making and flu shot. And they're making an, uh, a, a, a pill. They're making a pill. Yeah. And then you have all the therapeutics that are also available. Mm-hmm. So it's like at this point, it's like we have, you know, we're not in the same position we were in in, in April of 2020. Right. You know, we have, we, we know, we know the disease. Mm-hmm. We have vaccines. We have therapeutics. We have beds. We've learned a lot over the last two something years. There's no reason we should be in lockdowns. But we're still acting like it's April of 2020. It's a joke and uh, it's hurting a lot of people because of that. And it's society can't move forward. And, you know, it's funny. New York is one of the places. But you go to a place like Florida. Wide open. Wide open. You go to other parts of the country. It's it's a completely different story. Liberals hate DeSantis. Yeah, look, I think there's a hatred, and I think uh, I think there's just this this mentality that you know you're kind of living in a bubble in a place like New York, and you think the rest of the country is operating under the same rules, but the disease is not different between New York and it's, and and it's Texas. Same. It's, it's the same, same disease. Uh, so you know, if oh no, but but COVID's racist. Did you know that? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's there you, you, go. Did, you didn't know that, right? I didn't know. I oh, didn't know well, that. apparently. COVID's racist. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's what that's what I was told. I don't know. I don't know what the, the science seems to keep changing, yeah, but yeah, 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 I think yeah. a lot of people are, are – they may not say it publicly and maybe they're just kind of keeping their opinions to themselves, but I think a lot of people are – are generally wanting to move on. They're done. They're They're done with it. And maybe they're too scared to say it publicly, but I know a lot of people, it doesn't matter what their political background is. They could be a liberal. Like I know a lot of people that are very much on the political left, you know, people who supported Bernie Sanders, AOC, and they, and they think this is insane. Like they're sick of it. So there's, there's a huge, you know, uh, bipartisan support for kind just of moving on, done. moving on and also not just moving on, but also reevaluating and just looking back and saying, what did we do wrong? And let's make sure we never do those same things again. Because obviously there's going to be another pandemic. There's going to be another outbreak. These things happen, um, but we need to make sure we don't you know, make the same mistakes we did during COVID. We should learn from it. Speaking of moving on, that's a good transition. Why can't Justin Trudeau move on? Oh my God. What is this guy's problem? So, and do you think he's Fidel Castro's love child? He really does look like him. <laughs> oh my god, dude! dude like seriously, he does look like. There him. is a bone structure there. The, so, the, the cheeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's it's. I don't even know where to begin with this. So, um, what's going on in Canada is is kind of it's it's absolutely crazy. Um, but but let's just get this clear to everyone that's that's listening to this. Yeah. It's not an insurrection. No. There's bouncy castles. Right. The truckers are. Being 100% peaceful, they're uh, they set up soup kitchens for homeless people. Right. They they're they're doing food drives. They're like like what is it? What is this insurrection? And they're not terrorists. Like Trudeau so, has a 16 percent yeah. approval rate right now. Like his, oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. if there was an election, he would he would lose. Can, is, can they do a recall in Canada? You could do snap elections in Canada. I don't know exactly what the constitutional mechanism is there, but well, it's you know, pretty similar to England, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. a parliamentary system. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just had an election, which right, he, he just got reelected. But you also remember he didn't win the popular vote. No, no, he didn't. He, uh, yeah. he he won the majority. He won a plurality of the seats, yeah. and that's the parliamentary system. It is what yeah. it is. But um, he's on the brink right now. I mean, his his administration, his country, his regime, if you want to call it that, is is in really dire straits. I mean, the the truckers protesting. First off, I mean, everyone on the left likes to talk about you know we love unions, we love the working right. guy, right. we love when they protest. Okay, so you have a working class union based protest. And they're protesting because they drive alone in a car and they don't want to be mandated. Um, and you're not siding with them as they're exercising, you know, their basic rights to protest. Um, and now what, what's going on? They instituted emergency powers, which basically- It's uh, like martial law. It's martial law. They, they strip you of basic civil rights. Mm-hmm. 
And they basically have done uh, instituted a system where the government can tell the banks in Canada to freeze your assets, right. to freeze your funds. TD Bank is actually one of the biggest ones, and I have TD Bank, and I'm very disgusted. It's with disgusting. Them. I really it, want to change banks. I mean, what what kind of free country can you live in where uh, if if you have a political opinion that disagrees with the government, that mm-hmm. they can take your bank account, seize it, and prevent you from supporting and your private, family? It, the banking is a private institution. The private it's institution not owned by the government. Exactly, and they're just <laughs> telling them what to do. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's sick. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, you, you cannot have any freedoms. You can't have any ability to do anything if someone's locking you out of your bank account. Right. I mean, you, you people, oh, you still have the right to free speech. We're just right. going to make you destitute and make sure you can't pay your bills and make sure you starve to death because you can't afford anything. I mean, that's the kind of mentality. It's so sick. It's so depraved. Um, and he's getting, he, he's lost support across the country in Canada. Right. Every right. province in Canada, I believe, Quebec, uh, um, oh, Quebec's Manit- dropping their everything, mandate. They're everything, done with that. Yeah, Manit- yeah, Manitoba, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone. Ontario. Is, Ontario. Not, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Ontario. Yeah, yeah, Ontario, I think so. I think, yeah, Ontario. Yeah. I think they just dropped their Everyone's, uh, I can't yeah. pronounce it, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. I think they're all dropping their mandates. Yeah. His support in parliament has been completely eroded. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's flailing. And mm-hmm. all he had to do all he had to do was say, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm going to pull it back. Or just sit with them and talk. Or just sit with them and talk like to a, them. Like a, like a man. Right. He didn't Not even want to meet them with like them. Animals. He didn't want to meet with them. He, right. he accused them of all sorts of crazy things and completely defamed them and, and claimed that they were violent or they were you know, racist Terrorists. and all these things. And White supremacists. All these ridiculous things that they devalue the meaning of those words. Right. And now what's what's the solution? They're he, still protesting. He called the member of parliament who was Jewish yesterday oh, yeah. a white supremacist. Oh, yeah. No, no. She, or, or, she supports swastikas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And what? and she was she was basically like I'm I'm Jewish this is insane so <laughs> Are you kidding me yeah so is this guy crazy <laughs> I don't know I think he's I think oh, he's and this has come from the guy who was called with blackface twice <laughs> right right well the people that preach the loudest generally have you know the most things to hide <laughs> of course so of course it's just kind of a preachy thing look I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's 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 crazy that it's it's gone this far, and they don't seem to be stopping. And I think a lot of people are waking up. the the uh, The Civil Liberties Union of Canada, the equivalent to our ACLU, they right. they condemned his action. Okay, there are people in Canada. Well, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, the the peop- There are groups in Canada that the are ACLU here would actually not condemn. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so I'm pretty surprised. They've come. Yeah, they've yeah, fallen yeah, a lot yeah. since they were first formed. But right, right. Uh, you take. There's a lot of these left wing groups in Canada. People that support the mandates that are still anti Trudeau because of this declaration. He's gone too far. He's gone too far. Like he overplayed his hand. Like yeah. th- th- these measures are literally for like. You know, invasion, right? Or you know, some kind of really egregious thing. You're talking about a protest on a bridge with bouncy castles, with bouncy castles, and it's like, you know, if it if it's that bad, then and why have it? Yeah, cool. and and he clearly hasn't used every option. He hasn't no. talked to them. He hasn't no. tried negotiating. He hasn't tried. He went into hiding. He went into hiding. He fled the capital. He, he got COVID. I heard he came to the U.S. for a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, look. He, uh, I don't think he's going to last long. I mean, he may be able to survive this crisis, but the next time there's an election, this stuff is not going away. He'll be, uh, he'll, he's going to suffer uh, at the ballot box for sure. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see Canada is, uh, is putting, you know, rebelling, rebelling like about it. it. I mean, it's funny. And then C- Canada is a very tough. Those, they're tough son of bitches, right? Yeah, and people keep out. And this is happening everywhere. This is happening yeah. in Australia, New that, Zealand. That, that's a whole other episode. Germany, Austria. About. Oh yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah, that's a crazy place. It's crazy. All right. Well. Last thing, you gave me a lot of time. Who do you want for president in 2024, and who do you want for New York governor? Oh, New York governor. Yeah. So uh, I, I think Hochul is pretty weak. I think yeah, she's not she's, a – say what you want about Cuomo, but that guy, uh, he was a political machine. 
people. He's, he's got the family. He got the family. He he scared yeah. a lot of people. Like look at how many scandals and crises had to happen before Cuomo resigned. Well, um, he's a mobster. He's a mobster. He yeah, operated like a political up. mobster. Yeah. Hochul doesn't have that. No one is scared of Hochul she's in the Democrat Party. Nice. She's too nice. Yeah. No one scares her. She's not exactly an effective politician. Um, and the funny thing about Cuomo is that New York is very ethnic. So a last name like Cuomo, he was still winning Staten Island. He was still winning Nassau County. He was still winning a lot of these outer borough and uh, and suburban areas that because, were Italian-American, yeah, his yeah. last name. Yeah. Now that that's not on the ticket, a lot of those counties could shift Republican. Like Staten Island, for example, voted for Cuomo each time. People forget right, that. Right, right. Nassau County, the same thing. So a lot of these places are going to change, uh, and it's not going to be to Hochul's benefit. So I think uh, it's not going to be an easy fight, but I think uh, for Republicans, it's probably going to be one of the best shots they've had to winning the governor's race. Uh, you got you got two candidates. You got Andrew Giuliani. You got Zeldin, Lee Zeldin. Right, right. I think they're both good. I like them both. Um, you know. Uh, I don't want to comment because I don't want to get in trouble, but uh, I think either of them would be good uh, to run. Uh, I think they both bring a lot to the table. You know, Zeldin has the pedigree with Congress and everything. The thing I I, I know Giuliani's, you know, we like yeah, him, yeah, he's yeah. a friend of ours, but do you think his, you know, I love Rudy. I, yeah. He's I met him in person, great yeah, yeah. guy, but do you think his father's connection right now to the whole Trump nonsense, I even though if it's bullshit or not, right, right. whatever. Oh, it's definitely going to hurt do, him. Do, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Do you think it's going to hurt it's him? It's going to hurt him, but it's also going to help him. Like, right. you have to remember, like, the name, it, it's a double edged sword. Right. right so, right. Like there's certain people that are never going to vote for him because his last name is Giuliani. Right. And but he never did anything. He didn't do anything. He's, he's just the son. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the, the son. son right? he's totally and clean. then there's another group of people that see the last name and they're definitely going to vote for right, him. Right, right. Um, and there's also, a, you have to remember, like Giuliani, he was mayor of New York City. New York City was just as democratic and liberal in right. the 90s as it is now. Right. He won with a lot of Democrat liberal support. People mm -hmm. forget this. Um, well, so he was also a moderate mayor. As he well. was a moderate mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. But there's a lot of Democrats and liberals that are still alive, mm -hmm. that still live in New York City, that still live in New York State, that voted for his father true, true. and knew he was a good mayor. So I think I've seen some polling that says that Giuliani does actually better than Zeldin right. in the general head-to-head -head against uh, Hochul. He's also doing very well in the primary. I mean, you see all the opinion polls. He's up by double digits. Um, you know, he, he has the name wreck. It, that's simple. I think either one of them will be good. I think it's still going to be an uphill fight. I think uh, they're going to benefit from uh, a red wave year. So I've, a lot of things are going to be a lot more favorable for us this cycle. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see if he gets, uh, if either of them get into power. It'll be massive because the governor of New York is one of the most powerful governorships in the country. Of course. Um, other, Everybody does follows the governor of New yeah. York. Yeah. And it's like, it, it. not just from publicity, but like no, legally, policies. Yeah, policies of course, yeah, it's of like course. a dictator. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Cuomo yeah. was a dictator. Yeah. Everything uh, he did for COVID, right. everyone else followed suit. The governor of Texas, for example, has a lot less power than the governor of New York. Right. Like, there's a lot more restrictions. You take the governor of New York, it doesn't even matter if you don't control the Senate, you don't control the Assembly, you have a lot of influence. So I think, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm not going to say which one no, of them. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I understand. And yeah. look, for president, I mean, look, it looks like it, it looks like it's Trump's running. You so think, you think Trump is going to run? 100%. I mean, you he's Launching he's his, he'll just fucking swipe everyone. No off one's the gonna. Map. Ch no one's gonna challenge him. You don't think no DeSantis won't challenge him. No, no one's I don't think him. he would challenge him. Do you think he would be his running mate though? He can't. I mean, as it stands now, no. Because he's gonna run for governor again. You think? Well, that's now. That's one thing. But if they both are now legally Florida residents. Oh right, I forgot. So that's if you right. do Trump, that, you Trump's have to. He has to go back into New York now. Or another state. He, he, yeah, they, yeah. he couldn't have them both because if you have them both on the same ticket, you actually lose that state's electoral. You votes. know who I think should run with Trump? Honestly, hear me out on this. Tim Scott. 
Tim Scott. I, the, the South Carolina uh, okay. senator. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's all right. He's I like Tim Scott, man. Okay. He's very like fiery, very small business. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's I don't know. He, I we'll like see. him for some reason. It's I don't good. know why. I don't know. It's like like I always hear him speak very like yeah. small business. Like he even still has a office in um I think in Charleston, South yeah. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a he would be like a good like, you know. Yeah, he's all right. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. Definitely not Mike Pence. <laughs> no, nah, Mike Pence is done. done. He's done. He's, he's done. done. Yeah. Who, who, who would make a good vice president for 2024 <sighs> Trump? Who I mean, honestly, I think DeSantis would be great, but they can't do it unless right. they change. Right. I mean, I don't know who's after him. It's kind of tough. I mean, um, I like Senator Hawley in Missouri. I think oh, he'd be good. Yeah. I like him. Uh, Cotton in Arkansas. Oh, like. yeah, Cotton. That's right. That's yeah, right. I like yeah, I like yeah, some yeah. of those guys. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be an uh, interesting uh, few years to, to be sure. Maybe not, you know, maybe uh, Kamala, Kamala versus uh, Trump come oh, 2024. Jesus, I could only hope. We yeah. hope so. I mean, she has her favorabilities in the water. I mean, she has lower. I agree. We hope she runs. Yeah, she has lower approval ratings. And than, right uh, now with the whole Hillary stuff going on, how she spied on him. Like uh, oh, it's 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 fake. She says it's it's just horse shit. Right. There's an he in- made it up. He made it up. There's an indictment. There's an her indictment. lawyer. Her lawyer was indicted. Yeah. No special investigation. Fake. Yeah. It's fake. it's it's funny that they get. Yeah. There's so much gaslighting know, that I goes know. on. Like you could have a, literally an indictment. You yeah. could have charges. Fake. And it's fake. So. She's asking the judge to throw it out because it's fake news. We'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of crooked judges, so we'll see. This is true, especially yeah. if they're Democrat judges. Uh, but listen, Gavin, I appreciate it, man. You, uh, you know, you really good. gave me a lot of time. This yeah. is the, we got to do it again. Absolutely, man. Maybe after the red wave. Yeah, let's do it, man. Whenever you want. I'm always happy to talk uh, Sunday sauce. All right, I appreciate that. All right, Thanks, Gavin. Cheers, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you.